Everything's under control. Situation normal. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Florida Man Plays X-Wing. I am your host, as always, Steve Sesnick, and I am joined to my right by the Reverend Joe Laporta. What's going on, man? Man, for the second time this year, somebody's asked me to marry them. I get this a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. Now, this is to marry them, like like marry them as a couple, like as a, as a minister kind of a thing, right? Yeah, yeah, not yeah. some kind of weird, kinky kind of way, yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. as the officiant at a wedding. The officiant. That not, I will not be... Not participating yeah, in yeah. the wedding as a, as a... As an ordained minister, I get this question a lot, and my usual answer is you guys should probably take this a little more seriously. <laughs> um, but every time, I'm at least a little tempted. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where it's, should, it's an honor to be asked. You should probably do it at some point. Like just just pick one and do it sometimes. So it's like when the wife asks you to dance. It's like an honor to be asked, but you just don't want to. <laughs> so you've never done it, even though you are the reverend. I have not. You know what's funny is I've been at a lot of weddings where some random friend will actually do the the ceremony. Twice it was a guy named Joe that I know who's not actually an officiant. So it's weird. I don't know. I'll consider it. It is next weekend, so like the fact they just asked me now maybe says that the planning phase is gone. It poorly. sounds like the planning's about as good as. I feel uh, like I might have a plan A. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of people who are plan A, we have we have A. We have well, to introduce first, Carlos. First, we have yeah, we have Carlos we, here. Is that, Carlos? is that the polite thing to do? Introduce guess. all the hosts hey. and then you. Yeah, generally we get to all the hosts and then and then we move on to the guests. Oh, okay. Yeah, take it away, Steve. <laughs> Carlos, how's it going? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey. Have fun. Yep. So as we said, uh, we got guests here tonight. So we'll go ahead and get them in here since they've been waiting patiently for us. Um, We've got uh, Curtis Beatovich and Dennis Underwood, who uh, played together in the final match of the Orlando Hyperspace Trial this past weekend. Uh, Dennis came out on top, but uh, they were both available. So we thought it'd be kind of fun to have them on and and uh, talk about their runs and their in their match at uh, at 3 a.m. that they finished up and <laughs> um, so yeah we thought it'd be a good time. What's going on, guys? That's going all right. Good to be on. I'm doing all right. We also actually joined this week by uh, Silent Bob in the new Jay and Silent Bob reboot film. Oh yeah. Uh, Silent Bob, can you please say hi? Cool man, thanks. Great thanks. to have you on the show. Thanks, good, uh, good job, <laughs> Silent Bob. <laughs> I like how we all played along with that. <laughs> Everybody was just like, "Yeah, I'll just be quiet for a second. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Joe gets his moment. <laughs> all right, so let's. Uh, what have we got to drink tonight? Hmm. Well, Joe, what do you got over there? Well, so I was raiding Steve's uh, fridge, and he's got. Funky Buddha's uh, white sangria, which Steve's wife said she was not overly fond of. And I take it as a solemn duty to clean out whatever is in Steve's fridge that no one else will drink. (laughs) And that being the case, I'm quite enjoying it. There you go. It's it's lovely. It's from Funky Buddha, Floridian, you know. Some good shit. Yeah, somehow that uh, what, what was that stuff that was that bad Larry or what is that? Oh, the bad. That that's in my that's in that. <laughs> yeah, meeting. I saw that. We've uh, we've been fermenting a couple of cans of bad Larry, which is like the first alcoholic coffee that I've ever seen, which is <laughs> was god awful three years ago when I drank it. Yeah, and we've been saving it for you know. Just yeah, I don't the right know how moment. it ended up in the mini fridge though. It's uh, that's that's the problem. I. It, I don't, I don't really want to take up space in there because I'm not going to drink it. I don't think it really needs to be refrigerated. Yeah. It's not going to get any worse. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's pretty much bottomed out. Yeah. Carlos, Steve. what do you got drinking? Uh, I'm being boring again. Uh, you know, Publix keeps doing these uh, Kona two-for-ones. So uh, I got another big wave golden ale. Well, you know, that. all the beers keep telling us to drink responsibly, and drinking cheap is drinking responsibly. Yeah. That is correct, 100%. Exactly. Uh, Curtis, what do you got? I've got a Smithix Red Ale here. 
Oh, nice. oh that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I like Smithwicks. I like Smithwicks, yeah. Dennis, you got anything? Yeah, I got kind of longboard, so uh, I think. Oh, I'm you got the same sail, Carlos. Oh, yeah, you got Actually, the other six pack. I, I want to say there was a there was an episode a few months ago where I also had Kona longboard because it was buy one get one at Publix. It actually, you know, it's a good beer. Kona's a pretty good beer, but it goes on Bogo like a suspiciously often. Yeah, you know what I mean. Where you're kind of like wondering like, if why? somebody else knows something just, you don't. Yeah, just never buy it when it's full price because. Well, yeah, it's like paying full price for pizza. You'd have to be an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I have a uh, Lexington Brewing Company Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Ale, which is uh, really good. It um, is good, but have you ever read the side of that? What, the fact that it's 8.2% alcohol? No, like, if you read like the side of like a six-pack of Kentucky Bourbon Barrel, they use the word it, no. bourbon at least 14 times, Yeah, up to four to five times per sentence. They're very proud about the bourbon. Yeah, so like, yeah. by the way, bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> like, they literally, like the, like the last thing they say is just bourbon, exclamation point. Yeah, this, this is a very, very good beer. Uh, I just I don't generally get this, but um, I had some leftovers from, uh, from Dragon Con, so it seems worth saving, but here it is. It is so. good stuff. <laughs> All right. So this weekend, we had a, a hyperspace trial down in Orlando. Yeah, that uh, cool stuff, South Orlando, which uh, all five of us on this podcast at the moment were there. I know. And one of us did not finish the tournament, and it was surprisingly not Joe. Yeah, no, no I'm, I'm it very all, all proud six, of myself. Joe, Joe made it through all six rounds. I feel like you that's had to a good catch up on episodes. Uh, you know, since yeah. Well, no, I, I am still, I have, I've still maintained my record that I've been doing this thing that since we started the podcast, I will not play more games of X Wing than episodes of the podcast we have done. Uh-huh. And I am still at that. We're on episode twenty nine now. Yep, very yep. proud of us for that. Yeah. And I have played nowhere even close to twenty nine games of X Wing since we started. No, probably not. I mean, you've done like what three hyperspace trials? Yeah, but I didn't finish any of them until now. Oh, you okay? No, I yeah. finished Miami. You finished Miami, yeah. And then the last was, Orlando one, five. I think I got to four. I think you got four rounds out of the, the last Orlando so that's one. Yeah. Sixteen. We played two games of the house. That's eighteen. That's you all played, the practice you I did. Played one game and cool stuff. I did. Yeah, you you came with the cool stuff. Played one game and left on, on like a weekend tournament. Oh yeah, I did. So I'm at yeah. twenty. I'm trying to think if there's any other random ones. Now I'm at twenty games of X Wing since we started the podcast. So all right, there you go. I can so, actually go to the next hyperspace trial. You got another it. hyperspace trial, so you're good. Unless for, I'm in the cut. If I'm in the cut, yeah. I have to quit. Well, by the just, time <laughs> the next, but I won't be. Trial. So it doesn't yeah, matter. The next hyperspace trial is in November, so you've got time to to stack up more episodes. Okay, fine, to fine. To bank games. Yeah, we could. <laughs> I could even practice a game? Yeah, you could get some practice in if you wanted. Yeah, even. fuck that. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. No, I played Outer Rim practice? today. I, I played practice. Outer Rim earlier this week. That counts. Yeah. Because right. it uses X-Wing dice. You just practice dice rolling? Mm. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, anyways, <laughs> the, the uh, South Orlando hyperspace trial. Um, like I said, we got Curtis and Dennis here. Um, I figure let's... Uh, Actually, kind of what I'd like to talk about, like, we'll start with Dennis. Let's, uh, Dennis, let's talk about your list and what you flew and uh, why you flew it. Sure. Um, so I took five Resistance A-Wings. Um, I'd played it once at the other Orlando hyperspace trial. And uh, honestly, part of the reason I like it is just it's incredibly consistent red dice because I, I normally have terrible luck with my red dice. Mm-hmm. So. Was this the uh, Heroic Advanced Optics version? Yeah, and so uh, Heroic on all five A-Wings, a- uh, Optics on four of them, I, I dropped it on the PS5 or the Init 5 uh, tally uh, in order to get a couple of crack shots and still have a bid. Okay. Um, and it also let me bump one of the generics up to the PS3 Green Squadron. So I had one at uh, one, at one, two at three, then one at four and five. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and I partially did that because I've seen so many sinker swarms doing so well. I knew there was going to be a lot of uh, a lot of things that initiative two. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so it's good to have a, a, a something that can PS kill some stuff, right? Or more the more the more things you have that can PS kill things, the better. <laughs> well, that was yep. my day. Getting yeah, P, uh, being PS killed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's and just like you mentioned, I think everybody kind of assumed that that was going to be the list uh, that some people were going to bring, and I had um, an initiative three ship uh, in every single one of the lists that I went up against. So bad day for me. <laughs> so you're gonna have a bad time yeah all right well curtis what did you end up bringing uh so i've been flying um uh, some first order lately uh lieutenant tabson quick draw scorch and lieutenant revis as kind of a first order salad and uh i've liked the way that's done for me so mm-hmm. what upgrades did you have on tabson exactly so Tavson, I have biohexacrypt codes, Captain Phasma, and then Jamming Beam. Mm-hmm. And uh, Phasma and biohexacrypt codes are do a lot of work if you've got the room for them in your first order squad. Yeah. So that's why I like them. And then on Quick Draw, I have Fanatical, Special Forces Gunner, and Shield Upgrade. And then Scorch just has Fanatical. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the the Phasma works especially well with Revis, right? Because uh, yes. Revis gets his target lock uh, when some stuff gets stressed. Revis works pretty well with this. Uh, he gets a target lock when an enemy ship gains a red or orange token. Mm-hmm. So that's my target locks, jam tokens, stress tokens. It He's getting those locks all the time, and it's just, you know, free mods. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's actually pretty awesome, especially because Tavson... He's the one that whenever he gets hit, he gets to take a uh, action so he can yeah. jam and give the target lock to him too. Yep. That's actually pretty awesome. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yep. Yeah, uh, Tabson's uh, – well, Tabson is kind of like the all-star of the first order right now. I think I, – I don't know that you can – there's too many first order lists uh, that don't have him in it. But, uh, but yeah, he's, he's, he's pretty awesome. So, I remember uh, – Steve and I were talking about him the other day because I didn't know what he did. So I, the list had to be explained to me as it often does. And I didn't really realize how many different actions they have that he could take every time. Yeah. Because like, he gets to take an action basically every time they, they shoot at him. And I was like, well, what does that give you? Like a focus and a target? He's like, also a jam and a coordinate and a reinforce. I was like, yeah. oh, I'm starting to see where this becomes yeah. abusive. Yeah, so he's got, all, he's got all, five actions that are all useful. <laughs> and they're all white, right? Yes. Yeah, they're so all like, none of them really. You don't really take too much of a risk on on uh, on any of them. So, and stressing yourself out of it. What did you yeah. end up playing, Carlos? I brought the singer sword. The same list I've been playing. To Rick, Is that the one? Do you Rick play it with one. Rick? Yes. yes. And you think and, that's uh, better? Well, this is to be debated now. Really, to be honest, because I I think that the 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 advantage I had when I you know went to the final table. Uh, was you know nobody really knew what Rick was or what Rick was capable of. Yeah. Um, and really, over time, especially with the uh, list that won, um, well, that's been doing really well, which is the Obi Wan, Rick, Ali, uh, and then uh, Anakin. Uh, is that you know Rick is just is just there defensive, uh, defense for for defense. Um, you know he's not really a great piece for offense. Uh, you know trying to consistently do 
fast maneuvers to get the extra die on offense. I mean, it, it, he feels a little bit like kind of corn. You kind of have to dip in, you know, take that one nice juicy shot at range one with four dice, and then you have to like dip out and then readjust, regen, and then come back around. Um, except, you know, corn gets to do that twice. Uh, you know, you only get that one shot and. I've had uh, plenty of opportunities. Like uh, there was at least one or two rolls. I just blanked out the entire roll. And then one time where I was just like, man, I'm, I'm barely within range two of sinker. Maybe I can get it. So I decided to focus and I was just outside and I rolled two blanks and you know, it's just like just a few, you know, positions where it just, his offensive output was just not enough to kind of bring me back in a lot of the games that I needed him to. Yeah. It reminds so me of like old school, like uh, Baron, like Sutra back in the day. Like really, there were times yeah. when he just couldn't find the damage. It's like yes, yeah. he was invincible, but like it was like hit eyeball blank all day long. Yeah, and it just was never enough. Uh, yeah, there were certainly some uh, some times where some Y wings, uh, you know, made me feel like I just couldn't get any damage enough damage through. But uh, especially in the pre half points days. But well, like, I, like I said earlier, I faced off a. a against uh, two uh, all initiative three arcs uh, uh, Republic arcs uh -huh. uh, both players told me they brought it specifically to go against Sigur Swarms uh, first match I, I won that match somehow but uh, he killed a V19 every single turn uh, for the first three turns so I mean I just lost a ship before they fired yeah uh, so it was a huge huge deal and then uh, went up against those uh, separatist swarm that had a lot of initiative uh threes as well so uh people are obviously catching on to tricks uh, that the list you know brings so it's just it's kind of an uphill battle now uh you know trying to get that first nice setup where you have the whole swarm shooting i went two and two i mean i i felt good and the, the, the second loss that i had i mean i i was one damage the very last roll i had one more shot. I could have possibly had a second shot with Rick, but I did the wrong maneuver. Um, and uh, if I had done one more damage, I would have won the match. Um, and I even rolled a hit on the very last, you know, roll, and he rolled an evade. Um, so, you know, I, I felt good. I, I think I could have done better um, with a little bit more practice. I've been out of it since Jekon, so. Yeah, this was uh, uh, kind of a, I hadn't played in like a month. So <laughs> it was in, in decon and everything in between. So I, I was I felt a little out of it at this particular tournament. But um, Curtis and Dennis, I want to talk about your your guys's final match together and, um, you know, just how that went exactly. So uh, we're skipping it was so, all the it was so late uh, and there was no stream of it. So not too many people got to actually see this. So <laughs> so how was, that, like how was that? How was that first order? That saw it? Or really? Uh, there were still. Uh, yeah. So I guess there was five people Whoa. still there. The three or four cool stuff employees, yeah, <laughs> yeah. who are like staring at you, being like, "Go get it over." Yeah, I don't know why they're complaining. They get overtime. <laughs> um, so, so what happened exactly? And and you guys can, I don't know, just talk about it in whichever order you like, or, or whoever wants to start start off. But um, you know, the five A wings versus the first order salad. You know, how did that uh, how did that go from? each other's opinions or each other's point of views. Uh, who wants to go first? Well, go ahead, go oh, I want to throw a hornet's nest into this start, first. Dennis. Who, uh, Dennis, did you think you were going to win? 
Uh, I, I didn't know going in. Uh, I thought I had you know an even chance. I didn't think it was necessarily a bad matchup, but I didn't know that it was a great matchup. Curtis, did you think you were going to win? I kind of felt I was going to win uh, just because like, they're A-wings. They're super squishy. But I hadn't actually played that much against resistance A-wings, and I underestimated them to my problems. I like both of these morals. Yeah. <laughs> um, it kind of feels like uh, it kind of feels like that's also uh, and let me know what you guys think. But just when I saw what the matchup was going to be that like one of my first thoughts was it kind of is an advantage to the resistance to the to the five A wings because I, because of the time limit of the final match. Um, uh, do you guys I don't know if you guys were keeping track of like where the score was at around the 75 minute mark, but what? How, where was the game at at that point? And, you know, because I know it, it went pretty much almost to time limit, right? Almost to the two hours. Yeah, I, I honestly, had, I think, lost track of time at that point. I remember asking at one point, like, oh, my God, this has been going so long. How much yeah. how much longer do we have? <laughs> uh, I was facing away from the clock, so I didn't realize it was still up on the wall. Mm. I had a moment where I was like, all right, this game has been going on so long. How much time is left? And there was still like an hour left. Yeah. You're kind of wondering whether your opponent will fall asleep at some point. You're like, oh, man, that could be my opportunity. <laughs> yeah. But uh, um, to answer the question, I think he was actually up on points most of the game just by a little bit. So maybe yeah. if it had been 75 minutes, I could have, you know, tried to burst something and then hightail it out for the win. But uh-huh. I think he had the advantage for most of it. What ended yeah. up dying? I mean, was it a complete – Was did he eventually get everything or – yeah, it's fair. Yeah, at the end of the game, I think uh, uh, I got quick draw, and I still had uh, one full health A wing and one half health A wing. Oh, that's that's yeah. not a lot. Yeah, well, it was after two hours of, uh, of slobber knocker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and you got a yeah. lot of ships with a lot. Well, I mean, you know, you got you each had obviously all the A wings with their three defense dice, and then. The uh, you know you had uh, Curtis you had a couple of first order uh, Tie fighters with with their three defense dice plus obviously a massive Upsilon with its twelve health and you know and reinforcing and all that kind of stuff so that seems like it's it's not gonna nothing's gonna die quickly in that particular matchup. A lot more green dice and a lot more health on that board than there are red dice. Yeah, generally speaking, yeah. Yeah, and I think the the key was that I got enough blocks on Tavson and then got around behind him. Mm-hmm. I, I think he only got three shots off and none none of them were modded. Oh that, yeah, that ended up being the difference. Real. That was the big problem was I couldn't get any consistent shots with Tavson. Mm-hmm. That's a big piece of your of your list to not be firing. Yeah, four dice shot. I mean, well, it's the, the biggest the gun on the board, so if you can get any sort of mods for it, that that's huge. Especially with his ability, because I mean, yeah, if you can set up a nice uh, modded shot, that'd be huge, huge game changer. You yeah. can pop, you can basically <clears throat> pop one of those A wings in one mm-hmm. shot. Did you just avoid shooting him, Dennis, when he uh, when he had shots, just to not give him, you know, target focus on target locks? For the most part, I think, uh, yeah. Generally, I, I I started off by going after um, Revis and Scorch. Um, I was hoping to get some shots at quick draw. My my general idea was okay, take the first shot from quick draw, and if he has to spend tokens and I still have tokens, you know, I'll go ahead and go after him. And I just couldn't. Um, uh, he, he kept knocking off shields without spending tokens, and I was like, I, I can't risk, you know, the the extra shot right now. I even got 
I pulled some five forwards and got around behind him, but it was still range one behind him, so he was still still doing lots of damage. Mm. Um, so it felt like I was just plinking away at Revis and uh, and Scorch for a while there. Um, but fortunately, I, I think the couple of times that Tavson was lined up pointing at me, I had managed to get a block. Um, and yeah, I avoided shooting him specifically so that he didn't have mods uh, for the return shot. Yeah. Probably a good idea. <laughs> that seems like a smart play. I don't know how to counter that particularly. Yeah, was there something, I mean, Curtis, you were hoping would happen? You know, you were just hoping to get that one turn where you weren't blocked or just hoping the dice came your way on that? or uh, Mostly just trying to get a turn where I can get a fully modded Tabson shot into one of the A-wings mm-hmm. and then have someone else follow that up and see if I can get him off the board, but didn't didn't pan out that way. Yeah, that could be rough. A, a lot of it is positional play and it's early, you know, so yeah. you got to make sure that you're set up in a way where, you know, there is no real maneuver that they can do to block, which is so difficult with A-Wings because, you know, they got fast speeds and well, like, they got a yeah. great dial and they got boost, they got barrel roll, they got, you know, so, so much flexibility, so. I mean, in a four-dimensional chess kind of way, you almost have to plan your game. You have to make your game plan to block the blockers. You know what I mean? You have to use your ships just to get in the way so they don't block the guy with four dice. They yeah. can make a real difference. That is a challenging way to play. I can't I do it. Part of the problem, though, was that I could send Zari in there. So one of my A-Wings was Zari, and she still gets actions uh, when she's blocked. Yeah. So I could afford to be very aggressive with her going for blocks, knowing that if someone moved in her way and she hit someone, I'd still be okay. Yeah. Yeah, Zari is super good. And one of my problems is, like, my counter tech for the Swarm A-List is Phasma to, like, give them all stress and prevent them from yeah. continually blocking but the blues on the A-wings are so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they can just two hard or three bank out of the way, and, like, it's yeah. not a problem for them. Yeah, well, because they're built to be stressed. I mean, they're, they're built to kind of live in a constant state of stress. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's, uh, that, 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 is a tough, that, now, that is a tough one. I mean... Fast is basically old-school Mara Jade, right? Yeah, so I think it's exact, pretty much exactly the same. It's any ship within any enemy ship within range one and during the end phase that doesn't have a stress token gets one. Okay. That's a big difference, not getting that extra stress token. Yeah, if it said. was handing out another one on top of the ones that they already had, then it would well, be yeah, a huge but... difference. But but yeah, the fact that it, it's not giving extras to them, that doesn't really affect the A-Wings all that much because they pretty much live in a state of being stressed. So... It does seem good. Yeah. I liked it. Um, yeah, oddly enough, I think that's what the, uh, like in my list, the Death Troopers um, resistance list resistance lists actually really hate mine list because resistance lists tend to count on stress a lot between the A-Wings and Poe and some of their other mechanics. Um, so with the Death, death Troopers are uh, are very nasty to, uh, to to a lot of the resistance lists. Yeah, but how'd you guys do it? How'd you guys do in Swiss? Were you guys undefeated, or what were you guys in Swiss? Uh, so uh, I was five and one. Five one. Curtis, five where are you, at? Curtis? I was also five and one. Yeah. Okay, so you guys did good. What'd you guys end up losing to in Swiss? Uh, I lost to uh, Dominic. I think he ended up first in Swiss. Uh, yeah, he, he was a, undefeated. He was six Swiss. and zero. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he had a four ship rebel. Um, trying to remember, I think it was. Uh, Kova, Finn, um, Greer, and Jess. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, that was my first game against Finn, and wow, he is frustrating. <laughs> yeah. I was actually going to ask you about that because I've, I've kind of heard some rumblings going around about doing basically the five A-wing list. You just take an A-wing out and put Finn in. Like, what, do you, what, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I, I thought about it briefly, but I, I haven't played with it at all, so I didn't yeah. think it would be a good idea for me personally. Mm -hmm. um, and also I think it just it changes the way you play because Finn is – he's kind of – defensive and offensive and a pretty hard piece to take out but he's also not that maneuverable yeah um so i think he really does kind of pin part of your list in one place and the way i like flying the a-wings is very all over the place yeah um so i don't know that i would like having part of my list tied down like that mm -hmm. so yeah and i think it's interesting i've like i said i've heard a little bit of a talk about it and um i, I don't know it's it's probably a play style thing but uh, it could be just he is so tanky. Um, you know, it's almost kind of like if you it's like putting him in the middle of the tornado because because those the A-wings can kind of just they want to rotate around a lot, you know, because it's like because of the because uh, their rear arcs and everything. So they, you know, them kind of going in these whatever they go, whatever direction and spin around whatever way they need to go in order to just get their shots and and not get blocked and, and just kind of cause trouble. But uh, like almost Finn kind of just sitting at the center of that might be uh, might be kind of interesting. <laughs> so it almost be he'd be an interesting bait piece in that kind of a matchup where it's yeah. like if they decide that Finn is the guy they just want to get off the board first. I feel like the eight wings eat him up on the outside. Yeah. So I mean, it'd be one of those lists where I wouldn't play it sight unseen. I think it plays in a very specific oh, yeah. and weird kind of way. Yeah. But I think with enough practice, that may be a thing to do. Yeah, might be. Because he's like, because he's what? He's like 38 with, I think he's 38 with uh, Heroic and Perceptive Copilot, um, which puts him at pretty similar price points to the low end A Wings. Um, okay. With the, you know, with Heroic Advanced Optics and Advanced Optics on them. But uh, yeah, he, I don't know. I think that could be an interesting one. Um, but. Now, Curtis, what was your what was your one defeat in Swiss? What was your learn from it moment? So uh, I lost to a guy, David. He was running in round five. He was running uh, Vader with passive sensors, so he, he was at a full two hundred points uh, with Fell and then Duchess. And uh, <laughs> I actually got the rematch in uh, the top eight match. Uh -huh. So I did do some learning from that first loss. Yeah. No, that's good. That's the way you got to do it. Like, don't show them everything in that first game because you might see them again. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's always uh, it's always the person who loses who has the advantage going into the cut because uh, the person who won has no reason to change what they did. So, whereas the person who loses, you know, they gets to adapt. Gets to adapt. So, it's it it makes it makes a big difference, I think. But that was that's the sort of thing that all four of the top eight games were rematches in this uh, this one. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, I know wow. Dominic. Uh, Dominic oh, that's fascinating, actually. Yeah, Dominic played Sam Talley, which was a rematch. Um, who did you? Who 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 was your rematch, Dennis? I think it was Daniel Butler. It was a sinker swarm. Um, and actually, I think I was the only. Well, actually, I think uh, me and Curtis might have been the only higher seeds that ended up winning. Yeah, yeah, because Dominic was number one seed and got knocked out. And uh, yeah, so. we gave, we gave my consolation beer. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, we 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 consoled him. It was fine. <laughs> so um, all right. So what what uh what was your kind of what was the biggest match of the day that you guys played? Like 
I mean, obviously you have the the finals and stuff, but usually you have like kind of one match that's uh, that's kind of it's a it's a pivotal match. You know, it's either gets you into the cut or or it was a tight match in the cut that got you into the final or, or something like that. What was what was kind of the biggest hardest match of the day that that, uh, that you played? And we can start with uh, Curtis. Uh, so actually, I'm gonna say my two games against David uh, just because I lost the first one and then the second one. Uh, you guys were watching. I totally flubbed an early leapfrog, uh, quick draw over scorch, and like I left quick draw out to dry with no tokens, and she lost all her shields for, for free, basically. Yeah. And like, and I thought it was over at that point. And then uh, he came in at Tavson, and Tavson was able to with Phasma was able to stress all his ships, and I was able to turn my fighters back around and get him, but. Both of those games kind of were very close, and so being able to get the win in the second one was was huge. Mm-hmm. Dennis, what was the uh, what was kind of the big rubber match of the day for you, or or kind of turning point match? Um, I'm not sure. I'd, I'd almost say the match against Dominic in a way. Partially, I felt like I lost so badly in that one that it kind of taught me a little bit more about how to play against that four ship rebel list because mm-hmm. I, I hit two more variants of that. Oh, okay. I do find it fascinating that both of you in the top eight beat somebody that had previously beat you. That's that's learning and adapting and doing it right, and I actually really appreciate that. Well, uh, in my case, I, I had beat that person previously. So, oh, so you uh, had to, yeah. In that case, uh, way to continue taunting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> way to crush all their hopes and dreams again. It, it was a much closer game the second time around, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, they that always is... have a way of doing that. Carlos, did you have did you have a super fun, terrific match? Um, I played against uh, twice against the you know four arc uh, list, and uh, even though I won one of the matches, it was definitely the two hardest matches of the day. Uh, even though I lost the first match to Steven, um, I wouldn't say that that was a hard match because I literally just gave up in the first ten minutes of the game. But um, <laughs> it Man, was, Steve's it was, intimidation game way strong. Good I job, mean, Steve. I took Super out real quick. Merciless, <laughs> merciless, merciless match. Oh, so we actually, well, yeah. I forgot about that. We actually had a we had inter podcast, uh, you know, murals there. Yeah, we played. Oh, there we, was a lot of violence. So Florida yeah, man violence on the first yeah, round. Yeah, we got Florida man on Florida man. We, we hot played, Florida man on Florida man action. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we played in the first round, and it was uh, it was funny because like you know the, the pairings go up. And I'm like, all right, well, there, there it is, Carlos. Let's go do it. So, uh, who did you play in the second round? I played Travis in the second round. <laughs> oh, well, that's great. He yeah. was in the car with us on the way down. For all the people on the podcast that listen to me reference Travis all the time, don't know that he's practically our brother. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's oh, been, he's on, been the, on the show. He's been so. on the show three times. And, oh, yeah, yeah, but lives, nobody listens to those episodes. They're boring. <laughs> they're, they're, those are the sleepy time episodes <laughs> for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, the, I know. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I actually have nothing. <laughs> I, just, uh, <laughs> um, I know, uh, I think uh, Dennis has been at least to some cuts before. Uh, Curtis, is this the uh, farthest you've gone in one of these kind of tournaments? Yeah, uh, so the Jacksonville hyperspace, I made uh, top eight, but this was the first time I got up to the final table. And how did you, what did you think as far as, you know, those a couple extra matches, uh, did you feel that extra fatigue? Is that something that kind of um, is relevant, you know, these kind of long day, like, kind of like matches, do you think you would have performed better if it would have been like the next day or 
do you think just, you know, you just kind of had the energy to kind of push it through and, and finish it in that one same night? Uh, well, it was, de- it was definitely taxing during those last, like, two games. Like, I was I was feeling it. Um, I, I don't know how much I w- would have preferred if it was the next day. Uh, I don't know if it's better to do it that way or not, but it was – I was feeling it. Um, so – yeah, I don't. I don't know about everybody else, but um, I feel like I lose. I feel like I lose the edge on on the next day. So like when you know, it's like you play the play the Swiss rounds, go to sleep, wake up the next morning. I feel like I'm starting over again. Go out and, and drink, you know, and yeah, way. whatever, whatever. I'm you know, whatever ends up happening. But I, I don't know. I, me personally, at least, I I've I've never done well on second day, you know, day two cuts. Well, let me but, be. Let me be everybody else then, real quick. Like I don't. I've never made the cut, so I don't know what that that does to you. But uh, this particular tournament, we started at eleven, mm-hmm. and we didn't do a lunch break at all. No. So uh, I gotta admit, like by about the fourth game or so. Now, granted, my tolerance for games of X Wing is exceptionally low. Like <laughs> I, I am the lowest common denominator on that one. But like by about the fourth game or so, it's like I was tired as all get out. Like, did anybody else feel it at all? Not having a lunch break. Um, is that just me? I I think I felt it a little bit by round six. Um, but I was definitely ready to quit by round six. I finished that game, but like to call that truly my best effort would be be yeah disingenuous. I, w- I was also out of it by round six. So I mean, I think technically, if I had two, if I had gotten like a two, if I if I had tabled my opponent in round six, who was Marcos from uh, Tampa. If I had tabled him, I actually would have made the cut. But that was my only my only chance was to table him. I think. Yeah, <laughs> there was no no half points allowed, <laughs> so it was very unlikely in in that matchup that I was gonna, that that was going to happen. So, uh, my, so I was pretty much out of it. The, my thing is, as far as the, like a break, like a mid break throughout this like a six round tournament, I'm perfectly happy with like a short, you know, you know, quick thirty minutes, something like that, just to grab a quick bite to eat. Yeah. Um, I would have. I mean, when I heard there was no lunch break, I was like, this is perfect. Uh, mainly because for me, I just usually can handle it by just uh, drinking, you know, staying hydrated and just eating a couple snacks, um, you know, just to kind of keep me mm-hmm. going. So for me, I just I like just a quick pace, just yeah. in, you know, finishing the match, starting the next one, let's keep it going. I, th- I think uh, it just caught- when you get into a groove. Yeah, I think it just caught up to me when I re- when I wasn't in it anymore. So it's like six round. It's like eh, I like I don't really have a chance at the cut. So now I'm just playing X wing, but I'm. But now, now I realize I'm hungry, and I and like I care about that more at the moment. Yeah. So well, let me let me just interject myself into the conversations if I matter. Um, I had one goal going into this tournament, and I I feel like I accomplished it. Okay, I went into this tournament for everybody that didn't talk to me during the day, and most of our relationship probably did because I talked to a lot of people that day. Mm-hmm. I had only one goal. I had every intention of losing every single game I played. But I wanted to lose my way where I went out swinging. Yeah. So I actually played like a Han Falcon with the the Luke Gunner on there. Yeah. Just because I wanted to shoot at things every round. Yeah. Win, lose, or draw. Mostly lose. I wanted to at least like be throwing dice every round and not get arc dodged. Yeah. That was my only goal. That was like the thing I wanted to do with the entire day. And I managed to do that. And I enjoyed it thoroughly. But it pointed out some of the things that I have a hard time with with X-Wing. Because like. 
man, by about the fourth round or so, I really just wanted a break. <laughs> it is hard for me to play more than two to three games of X-Wing in a row. Yeah. Now, for everybody that doesn't know how well I did, here's the statistically interesting part of my day that no one else will find interesting but me. I mean, it's interesting. I, I find it a little bit interesting. Yeah. Let's take a brief survey here for all the people that don't know, because Carlos knows and Steve knows. For for our guests here, I lost my first three games. If you had to pick it over under for how much I lost those first three games by, how much do you think it was, Dennis? Uh, I, th- I think I heard you say it earlier. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So I'll accept you from this one. Curtis, right. did you hear me say it also? No. Okay. I lost my first three games by a combined 15 points. <laughs> I lost the first game by three. On the second game, I had 198, and my opponent had 200, and we each had half points on, on both of the ships that we played, because it was two versus two. Mm-hmm. One of mine rounded up, and I had to final salvo. <laughs> I rolled six dice and got one paint and lost oh. that game. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that was great. It was great. Um, and then the third game, I lost by a very legitimate 12 to Marcus, who was on our podcast last week, yeah. playing the list that he took to... Uh, he took to the top table of uh, Gen or of Nova, mm-hmm. and then he only beat me by twelve points, which I'm not really sure how that happened. But yeah, <laughs> but uh, he beat me by twelve. That was up to that date, like the most significant loss I had had. So I was feeling like I accomplished the very reasonable goal of losing by very small margins, <laughs> which did, is my yeah. whole goal. You, you kept it tight, that's for sure. I did, I did. <laughs> I kept it very tight, and I enjoyed the game. Actually, the first three games were amazing. The last three, I didn't enjoy but that happens yeah um and i'm gonna interject a short psa here before important x-men players get to like finish the fourth game i did a thing that i want to preach against real quick i played against a a captain seer um energy shell swarm with the vulture droids over there and i asked my opponent to explain to me what one of his pieces did and he paraphrased and gave me kind of the Reader's Digest version. Yeah. And I let that go. And he'll be the part where everybody that's like knows X-Wing will cringe at this. Uh-huh. Um, I discovered on the way home that Captain Sear only works on primary attacks, not energy shells. <laughs> and that you need to spend a calculate token to do it. Uh-huh. We played the game without those couple of stipulations. <laughs> and that made it really hard for me to succeed. Yeah. And I lost Whoa. that game quite badly that, that'll do that it's, and uh I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of the things uh, it's a little bit of pet peeve of mine too um you know when i basically say well, what is his ability and I, I i'm not asking them to dictate it to me you know what i mean but when they when they start off the sentence well basically nada i don't that's not yeah. what i need i don't need that you know what i mean so nine times out of ten now what i just do is just like can i see that card yeah i because just asked to read it I just just let let me read it, you know what I mean? Or you know, if if, if I go, do you mind reading that for me, or do you mind handing me the card? Because I just I I'm I'm just like for that exact reason. It's like yeah, and it was my bad because by that point I was tired and hungry and sober and like yeah. not not on my a, and already zero and three by very small margins, not really on my A game. So while I normally go and read the person's card, you know what's weird about Seer, by the way, Captain Seer, if you look at his card. Has the bullseye arc icon printed on there, mm-hmm. and has the uh, the evade icon icon yeah. printed on there, but does not have the calculate icon on there. 
is it actually spelled out calculate? It's spelled out yeah. calculate token instead of yeah. the icon. Yeah. So my opponent just like looks at it. He sees bullseye. He sees, you know, evade. Mm. He does not see primary attack. Primary he doesn't see calculate yeah. token. Well, there's there's some weird inconsistencies. Like, like I remember, uh, fuck, what was the card that came out that had the word reload written on it as opposed to the symbol? Uh, so like I think it's energy shells. Yeah, it's energy shells. Yeah, I think it's energy so shells. So like energy. I remember when energy shells first came out, there was a fair bit of debate over whether or not you actually had to take a disarm token because it wasn't. Was it actually a reload action because it wasn't the because the reload action is defined. The word reload is not. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, it's like the reload symbol. Like that symbol is the, is the action symbol, and that's that's all they'd ever used for reload. And then all of a sudden, it just says action reload. It doesn't. You know, it was like there was a, there was some debate as to whether or not. It was just reload the thing, or if it was actual normal reload action, but they, like so, like they have some weird inconsistencies like that where they they spell something out that, that well, they normally. Just, just it's weird on that one because it's like on the same card they show the evade symbol, but they don't show like, yeah. the calculate token one. But I guess just, just to summarize my day, and then I'll get out of the way of like legitimate players that did legitimate things. I um I brought a list with Han, and I abused him thoroughly. Like I literally had R two on Han. All day long, I regenerated shields. I not once had to flip a single like flip a single damage card face yeah, up. Yeah, Joe learned Joe learned uh, how hot garbage the uh, the black red dice are. Oh God! Oh, so By bad. the way, if somebody could go on eBay <laughs> right so now and those. buy those off of whoever has them up, like and get them the hell out of my way, those <laughs> things are fucking terrible. They're just those. awful. Yeah, just I, just, I can't. I don't like, know if you can sell those. I don't know if anybody wants them. Uh, I mean, do they burn easily? I mean, they'll Can sell. They don't sell for what the other dice sold for, just because the the hyperspace trial first has been so many hyperspace trials, and second, they didn't change them between the seasons, so it's the same exact dice from season one. Oh, and yeah, so they definitely don't. They don't sell like like regional dice will sell for like 150, 120 at least, up to two hundred for a set of regional dice, and then like. The hyperspace trial dice were up there at first, and then they dropped off pretty quickly once everybody realized they were just everywhere. So, um, but to summarize my day, like I actually took a list that's only function was to play Han and Lando. I, I played Lando on the Han, so you could like reroll the dice and do funny things with that, and like the Falcon title, so you could reroll more, and then like Luke because I wanted to get shots, mm-hmm. and it was funny and I enjoyed the heck out of it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't what you would call legitimately good. But it did a lot of damage before it died. Yeah. And that was fun. Yeah. Well, there you go. And the first three games, you know, were competitive where I just didn't lose by very much. Yeah. And that was my day. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right. Well, uh, Carlos, do you have anything about your day you want to talk about outside of the, uh, uh, that you haven't already said? No. No. Yeah. I mean, pretty much covered it. I, I, I'm glad that, uh, that I at least got to go. I know I left a little early. Uh, just, you know, obviously family needs it. But, um, I, uh, it just, it was, it was so nice, you know, like I was leaving and I was just like, I have to make sure I say goodbye to everybody. And it took me like 20 minutes to get out the door. So yeah, it just felt good, you know, doing that as is, uh, I'm happy everybody that, uh, that I was able to say hi to, uh, hopefully I caught everybody, but, um, just a good group of people in Florida. So mm-hmm. it was funny cause I played against, uh, Marcus that was on the show last week and yeah. we about. 10 to 15 minutes in the game. He's like, wait a minute. Are you the guy that was on the podcast that was just on? I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm the, I'm the other guy on that podcast. He's like, yep, yep. It's like, you're the guy on Carlos's podcast? Yes, I'm the guy on Carlos's yes. podcast. <laughs> Seems legit. All right, uh, Dennis, did you have any other musings about the uh, tournament that you wanted to bring up that we ha- haven't covered already? 
Uh, not particularly. I, I guess the only thing I'll comment on is I was surprised that I hit so many swarms. Um, really? I don't think I saw a single list under four ships. Hmm. Well, uh, I yeah. did, but I was in the salt mines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh, well, I played, I mean, I started off with a swarm right off the bat with Carlos's list. Um, I did play like, uh, uh, it was kind of like a, a CIS mini swarm thing. It was, um, Duke, it was uh, not Duke, uh, Maul and probably five, I don't know, however the hell many of those uh, things you can, vultures you can fit in with Maul. Um, I think those are the only two I remember though. I did play one of the quad um, arc lists. Uh, yeah, I think that was it for swarms for me, but um curtis any anything else from the tournament that you would like to talk about yeah so i just wanted to hit two things uh i actually thought that uh marcus's list from that he was talking about on the previous episode that would be all over the place because mm-hmm. he had just done so well with it yeah uh, anakin obi-wan rick list so yep. i was so i actually dropped fire control system off quick draw to try to come in under his list as like a bid wise yeah and then i didn't see a single one of those and it was all you know beefy kind of swarmy stuff yeah and then the uh, second thing i just wanted to hit was that uh wave five was not legal and like so leading up to the event like i suddenly realized hey wave five comes out on friday yeah i have no idea how to play against nantexes yeah, or right. anything like that and then i finally realized like friday night that oh wave five isn't legal i don't have to worry about that so. yeah yeah because they changed the well so apparently they've changed the rule on that I, it still is not officially updated in the docu in all the documentation yet so it was kind of a thing that uh ffg op just kind of said or told people and and became a thing all of a sudden they, they basically just as opposed to having like the three different tiers of competition like they're, they're they're boiling it down to just two tiers for um uh competitive and not competitive basically so anything that is considered to be a competitive tournament follows the i think 11 day release rule so it has to be at least 11 days after after the release of a wave before that stuff's legal um, yeah that's actually I was actually looking on List Fortress, and it seemed like there were five or six hyperspace trials that that day. Yeah, and like three of them had Wave Five stuff, and three of them didn't, or something. Really? So. Yeah, it was a little strange because, like I said, it was it's not. It, it's I don't, all about communication. It, yeah, it, yeah, so it was. It was all by communication, well, and it depended on whether or not the, the TO of of the event actually contacted FFG to find out about it or not. Because <laughs> um, in the documentation, it's it's still I think officially this the old way in there where it's just immediately legal. So, or at least in some of the documentation. Um, but I don't know. It's it's kind of a mess right now as far as that goes. Um, hopefully they'll clean up that those doc those documents pretty soon. <laughs> but I didn't have a problem with this because somebody else put my list together because I'm not qualified, <laughs> and they did, did not put in anything that was illegal. Yeah, which is good. I do I think, think it's funny that the uh, last two Florida hyperspace trials both came on release weekends. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely leading the pack on that shit. Yeah. So. But um, I, I do think that this kind of, you know, obviously now Wave 5, we'll talk about this in the second half, but, you know, this puts a cap on the, the Wave 4 meta. Uh, I think like Dennis said it, it was just very swarm heavy. Uh, yeah. Uh, swarm heavy meta. I'm not really sure. Well, especially in hyperspace. 
Yeah, in hyperspace in particular. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see the changes uh, that the uh, Wave 5 will bring, but I think that that kind of cements that, uh, you know, just that's what it was, and we'll see what kind of changes we'll see. Uh, for, for Man, I have some thoughts about why that is, too. Yeah, well. Sure. Well, I mean, we talked a lot on because uh, I played at large ship. I played uh, I played wedge and I played the Falcon this weekend. So I had a lot of time to sort of sit and simmer about whether or not large ships are really relevant right now. I mean, a couple are, but most of them aren't. And one of the reasons that we've kind of come up with that that really is is there's not a lot of there's not a lot of action efficiency, even with the like large base ships actually have sort of a dearth of linked actions compared to small base ships. So it's really hard to make a large base ship work because you can't have any action economy. Like it's almost yeah. that people are playing a larger number of smaller ships just to get enough actions and mods to make you know a list run properly. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, well, would the and and it's kind of across the board to some degree because like it's really hard to get it's it's hard to get double mods anymore. Like you, you don't have a lot of ships out there that can actually that that actually do consistently have double mods. I mean. I guess you know Vader is kind of a, a an outlier, an outlier in that, and then some of the certain combos that have come up have been outliers in that. But generally speaking, most things aren't built to have double mods. So just having more things that are single modded kind is of the better way to go. Maybe just the you better, end up yeah. with a higher <laughs> you end up with a higher whole shield, you know, hit point, whatever total. You end yeah. up with more dice total thrown at them. So like, there's almost just no reason to play large ships right now. They just don't seem relevant. Yeah, they they, they have. Tabs it aside, you know. I mean, he's one of the rare guys that can actually get double mods. So like, yeah. Well, he can get double mods. He can get his defensive mods. He can, you know, he he can just do a lot. He can help out. He can help other things get double mods. You know, with the coordinate. Yeah. So, um, he's just he's just hyper efficient, and he's also you know, and also being one of the only things that can throw four dice in the game or five at range one. So. Yeah. That, that's yeah, it's not common anymore. Yeah, we'll see what happens once the, now the ghost is uh, made legal with this last wave five expansion. Like maybe, maybe it has the yeah. juice to do it, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I think uh, it, you know, as far as my day went, um, you know, it was it was kind of an up and it was a very up and down day. Started off with the win, and then you know, playing Carlos, and then straight into Travis, who. Um, Apparently, just rolls nothing but evades. Uh, so <laughs> he's been you know, evading responsibility yeah. and uh, you know growing up and yes. you know any number of other things. He evades those on a daily Evas basis. Evasion is his goal. Yeah, yeah evasion <laughs> really is his style. <laughs> yeah. So you know, we being were, an adult, or you know. Yeah. Now I will say the interesting thing about that matchup. So he was also I was playing my Vader Sunter Vermeil list that I've been playing forever now and um at, at 192 points and he was playing uh vader sunter and duchess at like he had no, he's straight at 200 he was right straight at 200 yeah yeah so he went all the way up to 200 he put passive sensors on vader um in order to you know kind of game that system um i was curious about this matchup this type of a matchup going in and passive sensors on vader in general because i think it's it's good but um moving afterwards was still better than passive sensors <laughs> at least as far as i was concerned um i had way more shots throughout the game than he did uh the my problem was i just couldn't i think i probably had eight or nine shots on vader between with with between sunter and and my vader and put one damage through 
um, before the game just kind of devolved into ridiculousness. So I, I basically just way overextended myself trying to get damage through on Vader because he was just not rolling blanks at all. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, so it just caused issues, but the, uh, so it was kind of an interesting matchup. The passive sensors really didn't come into play all that much. Um, mostly because on Vader, the passive sensors really don't, aren't doing anything for you unless you can actually use that barrel roll. Like if you can use the, his ability to take a target lock into a barrel roll that are, that dodges an arc or gets you into a better position in some form or fashion, but having my own Vader and my own suture that move after that, I know what his barrel roll options are when I go to move. So I just adjust accordingly, basically. So it's, it, it, you know, at least in that particular matchup, I don't think it was terribly helpful. I could, you know, going up to that, but, um, and then I also ended up playing a sense, um, the Marcus's list, um, in the final round, I played Marcos from, uh, Tampa, who was playing the same list as Marcus from That's Orlando. That's confusing BS. It was, saying. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but he was playing the, uh, the Anakin Obi-Wan Rick list with, uh, Obi-Wan having sense and, uh, R2A6 droid that lets him change his maneuvers around. And, uh, Obi-Wan was a real pain in the ass. Um, his blocking ability with sense and obviously is just through the roof. I had played against Marcus's list and like, it was that similar thing where it's like, I had this kitted up Han whose whole goal was yeah. to be near an asteroid to re-roll a bunch, but like. Not being able to get any tokens from Lando was frustrating. Yeah, so I think the uh, the worst, probably the worst part about, and I think Obi Wan may actually be the best sense carrier out there. You know, being able to put, um, and I mean, granted, it may just be the Jedi chassis in general, but being able to put the R two A the the droid on there, R two A six and and sense together. Um, oh, the one that you can change the maneuver. Yeah, yeah, that's just just so filthy so um that was a pretty that was a really dirty combo vader ended up getting blocked probably three or four times in that game um and there was just nothing i could do about it it was like uh so that wasn't you know that wasn't too exciting it still was a close game it, it ended up coming down literally to the final shot of the game um it was rick ollie versus vader and uh uh he yeah, he he took out Vader with a Hail Mary range three shot uh, that I just completely blanked out on. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so it was still a really close game. So once I got Obi Wan off the table, it was it was much better. But but that Obi Wan sense R two A six combo is uh, really disgusting against uh, against aces. So. Um, anyways, those are my thoughts on the day. So uh, we will take it to halftime here. We'll hit up the Florida News Desk, and we will be back in just a moment. This week in Florida, ex-cons Aaron Thomas and Megan Mondanaro were initially stopped by a deputy after they were spotted riding bikes with no lights and almost being hit by a car in Nassau County, Florida. When the deputy with the Nassau County Sheriff's Office pulled the pair over, he noticed that they reeked of booze and had bloodshot eyes. Thomas and Mondanaro were placed in the back seat of a patrol car, and that's when things got hot and heavy. While I was outside of my patrol vehicle, Megan and Aaron took their clothes off and started to have sex, the deputy wrote in an arrest report, according to the Herald. When I opened up the door to stop them, Aaron was naked and Megan had her pants down, the arrest report stated. Thomas managed to briefly flee, escaping hold of the deputy who tried to remove him from the patrol car. But he was caught shortly after behind a nearby Cold Stone Creamery. 
Authorities gave Thomas an additional charge of theft because he took the police handcuffs with him when he ran off. Thomas and Montanaro were ultimately booked at a Nassau County detention facility on a slew of charges, including DUI and exposing sex organs. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the second half of Florida Man Plays X-Wing. And we are now going to talk about Wave 5 because it's out. It's official. It's here. Yes, I bought all the ships. I, I I'm I feel bad. I haven't even bought them yet. Carlos, have you bought all the ships yet? No, I have like Curtis. How about to... you? I haven't bought any of them yet. All right, this is waves making a big splash. <laughs> a big component splash. of the competitive scene. Yeah, well, no, it will be. Um, it's just the thing is, it's like it's two things that enough, I will, lot of tickets to buy. It's it. just it's just two things that I don't really have a whole lot of interest in. I'll probably eventually buy them. I just wasn't in a hurry to buy them, so that's where I'm at with them. But uh it, they're they're definitely gonna make a huge splash i uh the nantex especially i think um you'll see the y-wing it's it's another nice piece to to stick into uh a republic squad but um, it's a nice piece to stick in yeah yep yep the uh the nantex is gonna be um something that people are gonna make a centerpiece of of their squads so uh so let's talk about it um and carlos you got the points pulled up right so uh, i'm gonna let you lead us through uh with what we got Okay, uh, so yeah, let's start with uh, just uh, what I wanted to go just run down through each faction, uh, yep. what's been added. Um, let's start with the Rebel faction. and The Republic? The, no, uh, I'm sorry, but... Uh, oh, you're starting uh, hyperspace. hyperspace. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so let's just run through that. So all the stuff that comes out way five is hyperspace legal, is that the deal? Yeah, so every yes. ship that was everything that's re-released in Wave Five or in any Wave becomes hyperspace legal. So the stuff got re-released. Is there new stuff in there? Or is it just stuff that was in the conversion kit? It's just stuff that's already it's already exists. Yeah, there's there's nothing new in those in those packs other than the models. Okay, so, and all this gets right. added to hyperspace. Yes, and none of it gets right. taken. Nothing in hyperspace gets taken out. So far, uh, so far, far I'm winning that best. bet. Yes, so far you are. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna ride that till I can't. Keep going for it. All right, so the first one up, the Sheetapede class shuttle. So that means uh, Fen Rao, Ezra Bridger, Zeb Aurelios, AP5 are now hyperspace legal. What do you guys think? Big deal? Not big deal. Uh, I think you'll see AP5. Um, I don't think the rest of them. I, think, I don't think Fen's ability in this in the this kind of higher ship count swarmier meta is uh, is as useful as it used to be back in like the two and three ship metas. I think between the droid and the ginger, only half of those people have souls, so not yeah. really that relevant. Yeah, I think you'll see AP5 because he's a cheap coordinate ship. For, and, and also, that's always good. Probably the cheapest, uh, the cheapest Leia carrier that yeah uh, in hyperspace. Yep. How cheap is he? Thirty-two points. Thirty-two points. Yep. Yeah. All right, moving on to the next one. Oh, I know, Curtis. Curtis, do you think this will make a splash? Uh, I. I agree with what Steve says. I think AP5 will probably be the only one anyone ever really sees. Just for being efficient? Yeah. I feel like that's fair. Um, yeah, at least until something comes out that maybe makes one of them really good for whatever reason. Like, you know, like we saw Luke with Fenn and Ezra back in the day. But anyhow, what's next, Carlos? All right, so next up, the VCX100, obviously. Uh Kanan Jarrus, Harrison Dola, Chopper, and the Lawful Rebel. Uh, I'm liking the Lawful Rebel. Just a very cheap ship for that much health. Not yeah, firepower six, too. 68 points and some firepower. So yep. yeah, 68 points. Uh, what do you think? Hyperspace uh, relevant? 
Um, I think it could be. Uh, I don't know. I have a hard time wrapping my head around the ghost at this moment. Now, is this cost? What does this compare to? I just want to see this real quick. What does this compare to a baseline decimator? 68 also. So they're the same exact point cost, right? On the decimator, uh -huh. you get two more health. Um, you get one last attack die, but but you get it on a turret. But but yeah, yeah turret, but you get yeah. it on a turret. So I don't know. I mean, we're not really seeing the decimator too much um, in general. So I don't know if we're going to see this either. Maybe in Rebel and in, in the in Rebels, it has some more options uh, or different options that maybe make it more worthwhile to, to run. But I kind of don't think so. Um, at least on first blush, but. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think the ghost's big problem is that most of what's popular in hyperspace right now, like all the swarms, like the CIS yeah. swarms and the sinker swarms, will just tear them up. It's going to chew it up, yeah. I don't think I they just, have a really... So a lot of this is on the presumption that we're going to stay in this swarm. Mode. We'll talk about the new ships coming in, but yeah, do you think that's the case? Or we just, we're going to keep seeing swarmless? I just don't think it has enough ways to mitigate that damage. I mean, the reinforce is cool and all, but like I think they're still just gonna get eaten alive. But that's my thinking. Yeah, especially with two less health than than it used to have, and then compare you know compared to the decimator also. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and then only having the front arc, you have to pay extra points to get to give it a, a, a turret of any sort. But any turret you have is nothing compared to its its primary shot. So. Um, not super maneuverable. Doesn't have any sort of reposition actions. You know, I, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't. I don't really see it at the moment. Um, I, I think, I think, I think the, it lost a lot from not having engine upgrade, be able to give boost to a non-boost ship anymore. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think that's a huge factor there. Yeah. Um. Even even when you go to dock uh, uh, something with it, it's not as good as it used to be. It doesn't give you another four tacti arc. It just gives you. A, a three or a two attack die arc, depending on which. Uh, I mean, I don't think large base ships are super relevant right now. Anyway, I just don't think there's enough action economy. I don't think they gave them linked actions that they need to have. You know what I mean? I yeah. just don't think it's going to be relevant. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about the. I mean, it's hard to say with the meta. Obviously, it can change with the, on the drop of a wave or or points points updates of some sort. So. Um, I think they want swarms to be part of the meta, like from FFG's standpoint. Obviously, that's more ships they can sell uh, the, when people run seven or eight of them. But uh, <clears throat> uh, I think they want it to be part of the meta in general because I think it's always, from the very beginning of X-Wing 1.0, it's always been part of the game. So uh, I think they want to try to nurture that and keep it from completely disappearing like it did in, in, in towards the end of 1.0. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they end up they're going to I think they're eventually going to have to do something with some of these large base ships to make them more relevant because it's um outside of those more supporty type ships like the Upsilon or the uh Lambda shuttle um you're not really seeing a whole lot of uh use for them uh, you know like the decimators or the VCXs and and that kind of stuff so yeah we'll we'll see what they do but. You need efficiency. That's the whole thing. The Han yeah. is the only large ship that's been meta. Um, yeah, exactly, and it's just for because of so long. Yeah, just sheer amount of you know 
force of re-rolls and, and whatever else, you know, and maneuverability using, using things that aren't legal anymore for it. But <laughs> I feel pretty safe in saying it is decided. This thing will drop and, you know, some people will like it, but it's not going to be a competitive factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this price point is probably never going to go much below. Like, it'll never go below this. You um, couldn't go. I mean, because you're converting to old old school points. You couldn't have 14 points of life for less than 34. Yeah. That's well, ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. So, like, they'll never make, they'll never allow you to have three of these in a list. So, you'll never see, you'll never see this thing drop. That's true. That 34 anymore. probably is the hard floor for having 16 life and a four primary attack. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's move on. That's enough of the VCX. Uh, we got Chopper, Astromech. Chopper Dave? Now on the board. So uh, just in case uh, we forgot that one, it's a spend one non-recurring charge from another quick upgrade to recover one shield. Spend two shields to recover one non-recurring on an equipped upgrade. We don't really see that in extended anyways, so I don't think I have no idea what you just said, but that all sounds fancy. <laughs> Here, let me pull it up for Basically, you. Uh, just to, to you know, go on off of the one of my own pet peeves. Um, <laughs> yeah. The non-recurring charge, you basically give up shields for to earn charges back on things that you spend charges on. Or you can spend shields to get those charges back. Vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. seems complicated. Is yeah, that good? I mean, is that, just... like, somehow better than I think it is, or...? It's like why I, I think this came out before reload was really you know one of those things that you know just was very common in a lot of the ships. Um, so I mean it's just like it's just just a a reload that sacrifices shields um, while you you still have the option to sacrifice those charges to get shields, but at that stage it's like well why not just do an R two astromech so yeah. Uh, it seems like a kind of like a card where it's just like what its utility is, you know, not really, there's no real niche for it. You know, it's just, there are other cards that do what it wants to do. So is there any, is there anything that can run missiles and an astromech? Are you trying to use uh, the uh, cluster or is the, uh, this one has like five charges. Uh, does the, does the, well, the cluster missiles have four. And the uh, was it the barrage rockets? Barrage have rockets five? have five. Have five. Um, but I don't think there's anything they can do that they can use that with chopper. <laughs> uh, what about the no? The K one can't do it. Nashrock. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. They probably do that. They're all torpedo carriers. Yeah, and the torpedoes are too expensive and too valuable to be wasting their char- spending their charges on your on for your shields. shields. Yeah, yeah. It's just 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 equip an Artas for my yeah. So anyhow, right. uh, let's see. Obviously, the chopper crew is on there. That's the one where you can you know take damage. Uh, Zebrelios, uh, Harris, and Dola. Kanan Jarrus is now now. There's another force user. Um, so that could be a big deal, uh, and Maul as well. Uh, so there's a couple of force users that are now um, hyperspace legal. Uh, what do you mm-hmm. guys think about that? Yeah, I think uh, anything that's given you force tokens, um, especially like so, like Kanan. I mean, it's a cool ability, one, but it's also one you don't necessarily need to use every turn. So that force token is just lying around for offense or defense. 
I was finding that with Luke. It's like when I was playing Luke Gunner, actually it was nice that while it was important sometimes to move that arc, sometimes you just didn't need that and you just had free force tokens. Yeah. And that was actually, I won't say it was worth the price of admission because God damn, he is overcosted. <laughs> but a lot of times it was useful. Yeah. So, all right. So that's it uh, for Rebels. Uh, obviously the, the titles for the... Uh, the VCX and the shoot the peas and all yeah, that stuff. But, all the stuff that uh, So, looking at Empire, the TIE Events V1 is now hyperspace legal. That's uh, Grand Inquisitor, Seven Sister, Inquisitor, and Baron of the Empire. We did see um, this ship do well in some extended uh, tournaments. Yeah. yeah, we've seen it do well in extended, so why why couldn't it do well in hyperspace, right? Uh, is there, did it, oh, I think the, one of the main lists was like, what, three of those with, uh, um, uh, yeah, it's Jenden, usually, it's, oh, go ahead, Curtis. Jenden isn't legal in hyperspace, and that was kind of the linchpin of those lists. Yeah. So I'm not sure how much you'll see them in hyperspace. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think, uh, Jenden, so Jenden, just the pilot is, not right no 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 so colonel it's this shuttle so basically the shuttle is currently not yeah yeah that's right sorry yeah um and uh yeah like he was mentioning i I think i saw that being the main list and um it's the early target locks uh that really make a big difference i'm not sure if there's any other way that they can do that um and just in general there's a lot of utility with the emperor palpatine and and uh you know, uh, I mean, the, the, the flexibility on the force. Uh, I, I'll say I could I could see really them. Good. I could see them popping up just because I think a lot of people have. I think everybody's kind of learned how how good they can be just the, with just based on the fact that they can take an evade and they have a built in force. So they just as filler. I mean, what are they? 35 points for a Baron or for like a Inquisitor? Uh, 35 points. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, I think that in and of itself is pretty good. Um, you know, throw, throwing that in there, that could be a decent filler in a list is if you wanted to throw in a blocker. It's still initiative three, which puts it above some of the other swarmy things that are out there. I mean, again, I always, um, I always put things back to like 1.0 points. Would you have paid 17 points back in the day for a TIE fighter that had a force token? I fucking would. Oh, yeah. All day. Um so I, I don't know. I think that in and of itself is pretty good. I know I know when you tried to build a whole list off of them, obviously Jenden's really important because in order for them to have any offense, they have to have, you know, they have to have a, a concussion missile or something like that. And and they need their target target locks for that. But if you're gonna throw one in there as a blocker and just as like a tanky little thing to kind of be in the way. Their um, dial is fascinating too. Like the fact that their two speed maneuvers aren't blue in almost any way other than like straightforward. Yeah. But all the ones are. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, does anything else have a two uh, talent roll? Uh, yes. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the V19s have it. And the and, uh, Fang Fighter. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's not that uncommon. I feel like it was uncommon, but I, I guess I'm it, wrong on that. W- I mean, it's not super common, but it does a few other ships that It have. feels like most things have like a, a three instead. Three was yes. the more is the standard, yeah, the more standard talent roll. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think, and also, I mean, it's also you know, it's got a force upgrade slot, so it can run sense on it. Um, so yeah, that is a hell of a block. It's a forty. Sense it's on a that forty, 40 points, points. It's a forty point sense unit. Again, old school points like for twenty points. Yeah, I'd yeah. pay for that. Yeah, oh hell yeah. 
So I, I think that in of its, of itself as a filler in in um in Empire Imperial lists could be really good, but uh, but yeah, like I said, I don't know if you run th- you know like like that Jendin swarm, not really a swarm, but like the Jendin and three of them thing, um, because you can't really count on them for that much offense. But an Inquisitor with sense for forty points seems like that might be a pretty good thing to have in a list. So <laughs> oh for sure yeah. Um, all right. What else we got? That was it for Empire. Uh, so for Scum, we have... <laughs> I'm already laughing. I don't even know what they get. Yeah. I'm already laughing. It I'm sure it'll be terrible. The best ship in the game uh, three oh. years ago, the Jumpmaster 5000, is not hyperspace legal. And now? Dengar, Teltravora, Manaru, and the Contractor Scout. She's, is Con- Manaru still good? She's doing the same thing, or is that she get just nerfed? Um, she is the same thing as the one. Can you Was she always zero to one? Because that she seems used terrible. to be. She was. She used to be unlimited. She used to be uh, unlimited range, and then they changed her to zero changed or to, zero to one. range one back in one. So she. So technically, she is nerfed from yeah. her original. She also can only transfer green tokens now. She can't transfer target locks anymore. Ah, oh, that was always one of my favorite tricks. Yeah. And also, I mean, basically, we're just talking about the fact that Atani Mind Link isn't there anymore. So, like, well, yeah. what's the fucking point? Yeah, yeah. there's a lot. There's a lot of things missing from that that old squad. I'll put my vote in first to say no one cares. <laughs> yeah, contracted scouts, forty-four points. I mean, it, it might be worth a look. I, I think that the um, the scum is just really struggling right now with yeah. something competitive. Um, so forty-four point ship, you know, it's it's a cheap filler. Um, that could be something. I, I'd be. You know. I'd still. I'm still. How much is the title now, Steve? The title is uh, eight points. Is do the same thing. Oh, it doesn't add a primary anymore. Uh, white form primary attack. If the defender is in your front arc, roll one additional attack oh, okay. die. Okay, so it does yeah. still do that. Yeah. For eight points. Well, actually, okay. If you look at it back in the day, punishing one title added an extra like primary there, and it was twelve points. Mm-hmm. So. You know, twenty four in today's dollars. Yeah, and now it's eight. Which I mean, is, maybe that's yeah. a thing. Yeah, and yeah. one of the things too that you know, it's funny that I think you kind of uh, brought it up a couple of times, Joe. Is the uh, a lot of people don't like the whole one uh, one arc, one mobile arc thing that, that threw off a lot of people. But uh, you know, I think you've you've alluded to it before. It's just like there's really no point in having a bow tie. Uh, the bow tie is a waste of points. Yeah, I uh, used it all. I used it this weekend at the tournament, and I always felt like it was a waste of points. Right, there was never so, like an, there was never a point where I needed both of them to line up a shot. Now, granted, I played Luke, but even then, it's a waste of points. So I guess you could say in this case, you, maybe you're not you're not paying that tax uh, for that bow tie. Uh, so that's interesting, I guess, uh, in and of itself. Um, so uh, we also have. Or on that yeah. note, I really want I want mobile arcs and bow tie arcs and all the other arcs to have a uh, bullseye, but they never will. So I guess yeah. I lose again. Yeah, that was tough. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have the M three A interceptor was added to hyperspace legal. I think so it's already been killed. Another fellowship. I, I think it's dead already. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep, yep, yep. I'm looking at it, it's a uh, one shield and three hole and thinking it's already fucking dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. I three evade. Oh, good. My evade dice are known for their accuracy. <laughs> and then this Sarasu, you can re-roll your evade results at range one. That reverse Hellrunner. Curtis, what you think? This thing relevant? Yep, Maybe. my thoughts exactly. 
could just cause like some of them have interesting abilities, but like it'll take some really clever list building to get something out of them. I think. I think it's hard to have a really cool ability and like be dead already. <laughs> like being able to be having a great ability and being able to be one shotted is not the kind of combination that like gets me out of bed in the morning. Well, I, I, one of the things I guess you could argue is just you know, in hyperspace at least, Scum has already had a sort of filler ship in the modified Tie Fighter, the mining tie. Yeah. So what's really then Thoray bringing to the table here uh, besides that ship? Can't it's weird because like they have the Tie Fighter, but then they also have like Z nine. The Z nine five is hyperspace legal. No? They are. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. So they, they are. So the Binding Guild tie are, and the Z95s are, and then they get like a third, like, yeah. Basically, low end chassis with neat abilities, doomed to die in one shot. Yeah. And they uh, have not yeah. been popular. I so. mean, yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm a little salty if you guys can't tell. I mean, there's just, I just don't think. You, you just want, you just need the, you need the Shadowcaster in hyper, hyper, hyperspace. That's I what, think that's so. What actually, no, I finally looked at the Shadowcaster the other day. You know the mobile arc and that's only two dice? Yes. They yeah. are just like, they hate turrets. Like FFG yeah. hates turrets, I wish they never did it. And I, I'm sad to be in the camp that they are just treating as their latrine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if you're gonna like dig a latrine, can you not do it outside my front door? Like yeah. Just back door at least. <laughs> So, all right, anything else in Scum? Nope, that's it. Uh, so we can move oh, on cool. to the... We revitalize. <laughs> we'll be winning worlds now. Yeah. Cool. We'll, uh, Thanks. head over to the exciting stuff. So, um, in the Separatist faction, the Nantex-class Starfighter was added. Uh, a lot of different cool Looks like pilots. a duck. It does look... Uh, have you seen the thing where... Uh, uh, three of them is a Diderot list? It, Yep. <laughs> for our Pokemon, for both of our Pokemon the fans Pokemans. out there. <laughs> I'm one of them. No, truly though. I'm standing by that. Standing um, by it. So a lot of people are uh, are focused on Sunfac. Yeah. Looks like as the Sunfac you. Sunfac you. Sunfac me. That's what my dad used to say all the time. Sunfac you. <laughs> uh, 54 points. Uh, Initiative six pilot. What do you guys think? I don't uh, remember is, what his is ability it does. Man we should say it out loud. I out? think it's a boogeyman in kind of a different way than than because I think on first blush everybody's looking at this and like, oh, this is an ace killer, right? Um, I think that depends a lot. Actually, this is what I'm really curious to see. I'm really curious to see how how much point bidding Sunfock lists do. Um, because I think for him to be truly effective against an ace, uh, uh, like a, or like the, the, the true ace lists, um, the other, the other PS sixes, he needs to move last. Um, but, uh, I think, uh, it's going to be borderline abusive. Uh, actually, you know what? It's going to be downright abusive against anything with a lower pilot skill. So whichever one you have, so all the initiative fives are just screwed at this stage. Uh, yeah, up against the Sun Fock, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's he's just so gonna just, just screw them. <laughs> just as a little reminder uh, here, so the act uh, ability is while you perform a primary attack, if the defender is tractored, roll one additional attack die. And so they get a, minus one, and you get plus one. Yeah, that's a big uh, that's swing. Correct. Yep. Uh, pinpoint tractor array, which is the ship ability. That's uh, you cannot rotate your uh rotate arc to your rear 
Uh, after you execute a maneuver, you may gain one tractor token to perform a rotate arc action. Yeah. Um, and then there's... Uh, now, the key to this here is... The key to this is that it's after you execute a maneuver. It's not after you fully execute a maneuver. So, I I honestly was kind of flabbergasted when I saw that. I couldn't believe right. they didn't put the word fully in there. Yeah, I'm but, not sure about that one. <laughs> I'm a little... I mean, Carlos, you have it right in front of you. I think one of the biggest things about this thing is... I mean, obviously, this guy's job is to have ensnare so he can pass off that tractor beam token to somebody else and ruin their life. How much is ensnare on this guy, Carlos? Uh, ensnare is 24 points. So that brings him up to 78 total. 24 um, points is a lot of points. It is. Yeah. The, well, they're just admitting how pilot. they're just admitting how disgusting the the ability is. And they're not wrong on that, but twenty four points is a lot yeah. of points. So ensnare is at the end of the activation phase. If you were tractored, you may choose one ship in your mobile arc at range zero to one. Transfer one tractor token to it. Nope. So uh, yeah, I mean, basically, it's just hey, you're here. I just bumped into you because you know, doesn't matter what I did, uh, I get to move my arc to where you are. And then I get to give you a tractor token and uh, push you off of me. And you, you know, may or may not have a shot now. And I'm going to shoot at you with an extra die because I'm Sun Fox. And <laughs> Sun Fox. Uh, may, I, I may have put you in the middle, you know, your track now you're tractor and possibly in the middle of also not just me shooting at you, but my swarm of vultures well, shooting ships, at you yeah. as well. So now the thing is like, we're talking about the, you're talking about the point cost here, Joe, right? Like it's 724 points for engineer. Yeah. You, you can still fit, what, six vulture droids with this thing? Yeah. So, uh, you but know. I think, I think, okay, I think ensnare <laughs> is an important thing to talk about here because if you look at the, the arc on, on that, it's 24 points on a six cost guy, right? So yeah. on this guy, it's 24 points. On a five cost guy, it's what, 16? Everything from yeah. there below is 10. Yeah. That's a huge gap, don't you think? Um, I honestly, I think they need to, I think they honestly need to do the point adjustments based on every single, I, I think just saying 10 and it's the floor starting at PS4, like, cause, cause of the, cause the PS4 th guy is running this ensnare thing is going to bully anything that's he's moving after. So yeah. that's just kind of like anything that this thing's moving after it's going to bully. And it's, uh, you know, you're not going to bully as much stuff at PS4, but that's, you're still going to bully most of the things in the meta. Like, like we were just talking about how it's a swarmy meta and everything's a, you know, you, you know, there's a ton of like ones, twos and threes out there. So, um, no, nah, I don't, I don't, I mean, the point cost is, is what it is, but I mean, we're talking about, you, you stuck this thing in a, you, you stuck this thing in a, in a faction that has 19 point ships. So the fact that you can run this guy with ensnare as a PS6, uh, and still put seven, six other ships in there, and have eight points left over. So you can even put you can even put grappling struts on all of them, and then maybe even another talent on Sunfox because he's got two talent slots. There's two talent slots. Yeah, that's weird. Yes. So you know, I, I don't know. I like uh, it's this is going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I'm I'm. My, I guess my point is, I'd be more interested to see what the five and four point or four skilled guys are for this ship because there's such a ridiculous discount between. Like, 
For the six for the six pilot skill guy, this thing costs twenty four. For the four pilot skill guy, whose ability I have no idea what he does or whether he's any good, you save fourteen points. That's a fuckload. Yeah, that's not nothing. That's not even a small amount. That's not even. Well, that's it's a pretty. Uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, like, well, it is, and I mean, and you've seen this. Sure, it is. Yeah, I mean, you've seen that. You see this kind of throughout the game in the point structuring. Like, the, there is a, there is definitely a premium for PS6, and on Sun Fock in particular, and with this with this ability, that premium is ne completely necessary, and honestly, may even end up needing to be higher than this. We'll see how this. We'll see how this affects the meta. I mean, I'm not going to call it a. I'm not going to you know say the sky is falling or anything like that, but uh, I think. This this is definitely going to have a a meta warping effect because every single list is going to have to think about this guy to some degree. Um, if you're running small base ships, you're worried about this guy. Right. So what are so the other pilots? Maybe a shift to to medium base. I mean that that four arc list literally can't will not care about this ship. Yeah. I mean, maybe a little bit, but because you lose the die, and that, and that 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 can be critical for for an arc, you know. Yeah. So you get those lucky rolls here or there, uh, saves you a little bit of breathing room there, but. Yeah. So Burwer Burwer Kret Burwer Kret, who's the uh, the initiative five guys Burr after you, after you perform an attack that hits, each friendly ship with calculate on its action bar and a lock on the defender may perform a red calculate action. So it's just a, another way to get more calculate tokens for that for the separatists. Yeah. Um yeah, which is fine, dandy. You That's know. Weird. I I don't know that uh like I don't know. I don't know that I really care that much about the abilities these guys these these guys have. Um it's really just ensnare and the pinpoint tractor array combination well that. i mean the four cost guy the four possible guy is probably performing primary attack the defender's tractor to be able to reroll up to two attack dice yeah that does seem pretty pretty legit yeah that's good i mean that's it's certainly good um, he's the guy he's the guy i'd be more interested in like if you could okay like i said it's a huge point difference like 24 points versus 10 is a 14 point difference yeah not counting whatever their actual point cost is i mean the extra die that sun fock adds and fuck you yeah. uh, adds is significant, but like really like two dice, it's kind of almost the same. I mean, well, the, the the main difference is that at initiative six, if you have the bid, uh, you use the tractor as a post maneuver, you know what I mean? Like, you know, arc dodging, but then you, you can account for the fact that you can also barrel roll or boost the other ship. So it's almost double repositioning. Except, yeah, because you're you know, your ship you're repositioning yourself and your opponent. And yeah, you're repositioning yeah. your opponent. So you know, a double reposition is super huge still to this day. You know, with the you know Sutrefell still finding success. You know, and all those other ships that that can do that. Um, so I mean, that that's really the main difference. And then also, it's just there's no drawbacks. It's all advantage. You know, mm -hmm. you're, you're gaining die. They're losing die. <laughs> you know, that you arc dodge. You shoot. They don't shoot. You know, it's, and if you catch him in his bull in the bullseye arc, oh you know, yeah, it's because the bullseye arc got three dice. So you add a die onto that, it's four. If it's range one, it's five. So it, it adds up pretty quick with all that stuff. But again, like I said, I don't know that I really, I don't know that I really care about any of the abilities on these guys. It's all about the initiative and the combo of the ensnare and the in the tractor array. Um, the abilities are great. You know, they are what they are. But I think. You know what you're really looking at is how much you're willing to spend for the initiative value, um, 
to try to be able to exponentially increase, you know, just increase the amount of ships that you can, that you can bully around with this, with this ability. So, um, you know, like I said, the other thing is like, you, you know, you just throw in a bunch of vultures in there. I mean, you could throw six vultures in there or if you're, you know, that, and this is where I think it's going to get interesting with the, uh, with the initiative bidding, because this guy, you could just take a vulture out. That's 19 points out of there. And you could just, and you could just take that as a huge bid. I mean, this guy in five vultures sounds okay too. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I don't know. So it depends on how, just how distorting um, this ability ends up being. But uh, it's funny because like they talk about initiative and not wanting to have initiative bids and, and like that's how that's a, a bad part of the game. But I feel like this guy is just may just be creating that and forcing that even more if you're gonna if you're gonna bother running uh an ace if you're gonna run another six like you you, you have to be under under whatever point costs you know whatever points a sun fox list is running at so but i don't know maybe people run just run fat ships that that might be a thing too and that in that and that and that might just counter counter it kind of out of the meta so it's, and, that, and this whole thing, you know, the, yeah, there's for every action, you know, there's a reaction. And I think that, you know, as soon as this comes out and people start flying it, it's a new hotness. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that could be sort of a, you know, a sway from the rest of the crowd going, you know what, I'm just, I'm going to get easy wins out of this. Uh, yeah. See this list. So. It was also because like separatists have also been on the uptick anyways. Like, you know, separatist swarms are becoming a lot you know getting played a lot more right now um as it is and you know now you kind of throw this into the into it so i, th I think it's i think he's going to get a lot of play i think a lot of people are going to be trying him out um just to see what they can do with him but just all right to, just see how it feels yep uh, uh, anything else important out of this uh out of this pack what else was in this for separatists it was also uh, i don't know how to pronounce it Gravitic or gravitic deflection? Gravitic. Gravitic deflection? Yeah. Uh, looks like a talent. Yes. Uh, it is. While you defend, you may reroll one defense die for each tractored ship in the attack arc. Uh, is this um, separatist only? I, I, I haven't seen um, it. It's Nantex only. Nantex only. Nantex yeah. only. Okay. Yeah. Uh, any big deal on this one? Um. It's going to be a point cost thing. If you've got the points for it, sure, throw it on there because you got two talent yeah. slots. So when snare or point, point cost is five. Yeah, uh, it depends on the list. Um, yep. So yeah, if you've got the points, or you're doing kind of like the I three four of them as a swarm, mm -hmm. then throwing that on all of them gives them a little bit extra survivability. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, because they don't have, I mean, it's not like they have a ton of health and whatnot going on here. They really hate being at range three or two, especially two especially. Um, so what are they? they're just four hull. Um, they do have three, three evade dice, but um, they don't have any natural reposition actions. So if they can't actually make their pinpoint tractor array thing work, um, you know that is that is the one of the things about the and it's something you really have to think about. Uh, if you're flying against one of these is that uh, they can't use the pinpoint tractor array 
if they're trying to go if they're trying to go to the same arc that they already have their mobile arc in. So if you position yourself in where the arc already is, um, then it they they can't use it. Now they could still use it, but they won't have any real effect. I mean, they may be able to use it to get the tractor to be able to boost or barrel roll themselves, but um, if they if they can't get you, if they have to move it to the opposite side of the ship, you know, in order to do that, it's it may not be such a bad thing. So something to keep in mind with these. Um, really, I guess at any given moment, they can only uh, because they can't move the the mobile arc to the to the rear anyways. Um, at any given moment, they they can only cover 180 degrees with this ability, as opposed to um, 270 or or you know obviously with no rear arc, they can't do 360 anyways. But um, something to keep in mind if uh, if you're flying against one. Uh, so that's it for separatists. Uh, we can move on to the Republic. Yep. Uh, so we have uh, the Y-Wing, um, BTLB Y-Wing. Uh, added two here, starting off with Anakin. Uh, then we have still have Oddball, Matchstick, Broadside, R2-D2, Shadow Squadron Veteran, Goji, and Red Squadron Bomber. Any of those uh, piquing interest there? Well, I mean, Anakin, um, just because he's a six, uh, his ability is, is, you know, I don't know, could have some uses on this, I guess, but... Um, I think there's a couple of other good pilots in here. I mean, really, that, that plated hull thing. So why you defend if you were not critically damaged to change one crit to a hit result? Um, these guys these guys are going to be really hard to land any crits on. So, uh, you know, that's always been a bit of an Achilles heel for Y-Wings in general was just that they became, you know, crit, crit magnets um, with, with the five hull. So, uh, so that's certainly a nice thing to have on them. Um, uh, let's see here. Matchstick. While you perform a primary or mobile attack or, or uh, turret attack, you may reroll one attack die for each red token you have. Uh, that's fine. Um, you know, I, I, they just throw oddball on everything, apparently. Yes. Anakin, but... <laughs> oddball just uh, flies over ship. Yeah. Uh, after you execute a red maneuver or perform a red action, if there's an enemy ship in your bullseye arc, you may acquire a lock on that ship. It's like they keep throwing them in ship. They keep throwing them in ships, but they've yet to throw them in a ship that can actually make any use out of his ability. <laughs> it's like you got to bullseye things in ships that can't reposition. <laughs> um, broadside, while you perform a uh, turret attack, if your turret indicator is in your side arcs, you may change one blank result to a focus result. Uh, that's not bad. That's pretty good, actually. So, yeah, I kind of like broadside actually. Not my play style, but um, but it's a good ability. Yeah, I think you'll see broadside and matchstick kind of as a another filler ship for a Republic to give them another option, kind of in that yeah uh, low forty point range. Yeah, broadside's only thirty six, um, and he's three initiative, so. Um, three initiative so i mean fits with sinker pretty well um so I, I i could see him you know in the sinker swarms usually get you know either a another arc uh the, one of the three skull arcs or you get rick 
is kind of the two options. I think I, I could see broadside becoming another option in that archetype. Uh, so I uh, see one here, the Astromech uh, C110P. Uh, yep. Uh, that's the one where it's a setup uh, card. Equip the side that's face up. After execute maneuver, you may spend one uh, charge to perform a red evade action. Even while stressed during the end phase, this card has zero active charges. Flip it. And on the other side, it's a C110P Erratic. After you execute a maneuver, you must choose a ship at range 0 to 1 against one jam token. I don't know. It's pretty um, good, man. So, yeah. I actually kind of like this card. So, seven points for that one. Yeah. I mean, you throw this on. So, after you execute a maneuver, you spend So, basically, you're, you have a one-time evade red action after you execute a maneuver. Two times. Um, you get two charges. Oh, yes, two charges. Yep. Yep. And then... After that, you are throwing jam tokens around because why not? Yeah. I mean, it gets a little rough, I, I guess, you know, because you're just doing it all the time, throwing the jam tokens, because I don't guess, I guess there's no way to flip the card back over. So <laughs> you're just constantly handing out jam tokens. So you got to stay close to uh, try to always have something, an enemy at range one. Um, but I don't know. Seems it's it, it's it seems kind of fun. I could see this having some uh, some uses. I think this could end up being very good. Um, there's a couple different like you can put it on kind of like a suicide chip and kind of flip the two charges real fast and then run it like straight into the enemy yeah. to start jamming them. And then even if you just have it on a Jedi, like okay, you missed the range one, your Jedi games gains a jam token you still can do double reposition and have force like it's not a huge downside to take that to take that jam and you can get easily back in at your targets and just hand out that yeah. jam for free i think it's kind of scary yeah well the interesting thing about about this guy so it's you know the way it's worded um so after you execute a maneuver you may spend a charge to perform a red uh, evade action even while stressed um that would basically eliminate your normal action because it's gonna interrupt and happen before your perform action step so on the jedi however uh, you would still be able to use your fine-tuned controls uh, because that's in the same timing window um so you would be able to uh do your uh, booster barrel roll with the built-in fine-tuned controls ability, and then take the red evade action. So you can, so you're still kind of, you know, uh, getting some action economy out of it. Um, now they do already have. I mean, it's you know, it saves you from having to use force for evade on the on that ship. And uh, I think the thing with with uh, with chop with the C1. I, I know this is this is like another version of chopper, right? <laughs> like a generic chopper. <laughs> Um, you know, he's going to be, uh, you want him on a ship that's going to be able to keep things near him, uh, keep, keep enemy ships near him. So could be kind of cool on a, on, on some sort of Jedi. So, uh, next up is the crew C3PO, uh, is now in the Republic as well. While you defend, if you're calculating, you may re roll one defense die. 
after you perform a calculated action, get one calculated token. So kind of same ability he has across the board. Yeah. Is he, um, man, he's in like, he's in the most factions, isn't he? <laughs> Is he's, there in, any? he's in all, well, yeah, he's in Rebel Republic and Resistance. Yeah. I can't think of anything else that's in three factions, <laughs> you know. Um, Sabine, I don't know. Actually, maybe <laughs> they try to stuff her in more factions she's if they in, could i'm sure she has um, the most printed cards i think um uh, most unique cards or maybe ezra i mean han has three pilot cards and three crew card or yeah crew gunner cards that'll do it yeah oh uh, yeah i guess han's in three factions too i didn't think about that uh so yeah, uh, yeah. another little crew carrier I'm not sure if this is something that, you know, it's huge. It's, it's a re-roll evade, and it's, it should be nice. I'm sure there's going to be a little niche uh, setups for it. This can be pretty good on, on any of the arcs, really. Um, you know, double calculating is about as good as taking a regular focus token. It may be better, depending on your rolls. And being able to re-roll uh, your defense die there is um, on somebody like Sinker. You know, just those every extra evade you get just makes them that much harder to get rid of. Yeah. So um, I could I could definitely see this popping up on the sinker. I know it doesn't really fit in the normal points for the sinker swarms, but um, there's there's other versions of using sinker. Yeah. I mean? So you can probably figure out a way to fit them in there. Yeah. Uh, we also have Ahsoka Tano and a gunner. Uh, now, so that gives a force charge. After you execute a maneuver, you may spend one force and choose a friendly ship at range one to three in your firing arc. If you do, sorry, I lost it. Uh, it may perform a red focus action even while stressed. 12 points. Yep. Yeah, just uh, another another force point you can throw on stuff. So, uh, right good. now, Gunner's uh, just the new Y Wing and the arc. arc. Yeah. Okay. I do want to point out the phrasing execute a maneuver and not fully, fully execute yeah, a maneuver. Execute, this is like yeah. the third or fourth card they've had this wave. Yeah. Is like that. Which yeah. Maneuvering doesn't is, matter anymore, guys. It, yeah, yeah. This is one of those that just kills me because they, 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 they were so big about it. They're like, you know, uh, they were doing this whole fully execute thing and they, it was all over the place and now now it's just it's just falling to the wayside but you know priorities priorities they gotta sell new ships somehow uh i mean people were gonna buy it anyways so um yeah it was after you execute yeah but if they're easier to fly they'll buy more of them uh, I think that's it for uh, specific Republic cards, but obviously we had some uh, new generics. Um, let's take a look here. Foresight. So force power. Yeah, Foresight. Um, actually, that's another one that I think could be pretty pretty interesting on the, uh, the TIE Advanced Prototypes. Um, you know, the, having the Inquisitor... Having having a, having a tie advanced inquisitor with foresight, so basically it's a you know a force user version of uh, snapshot. Oh, yeah, well, so it is, uh, let's take a look at it. It's bullseye only, so it's not got yep. the uh, the extra area out there. Yeah, but it's pretty close. And it's only four points. Yeah, the fact yeah. That you get to take a modded shot, you know, 
Not super modded, but not bad either. On an unmodded ship, that's pretty dirty. Yeah. Yeah, so just uh, for everybody that doesn't know, Foresight, four points, two dice, bullseye, one range, one of three. After an enemy ship executes a maneuver, you may spend one force to perform this attack against it as a bonus attack. Attack, you may change one focus result to a hit result. Your dice cannot be modified otherwise. Uh, but it gets it nice. gets an evade. It gets a, a modifier, unlike right. regular snapshot. Right, and it's just extra attacks. Uh, you know, extra attacks are all bonus attacks are always going to be good. Yeah. Um, you know, so. Yeah. So what is it? You can run. Uh, that's thirty nine points for an inquisitor with foresight. So you can run five of them. It'd be interesting to see whether it's something that people want to spam or whether it's something you only really need one of, but we'll find out. Yeah. If you fly your guys in such a way, though, it's not that hard to line up two bullseyes in one to three. Something to think about, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like basically a guy flying right behind another guy can just put two of these arcs on somebody, make them roll twice to see if they get reamed. Yeah. Uh, comes in at 42 on a Jedi Knight um, for, for something like that. So... Uh, I don't know. Interesting. I think it's a it's a it's a it's a cool little upgrade um, on a couple of chassis. It it can it could work work out pretty well. Uh, so we have uh, precognitive reflexes. Uh, this should be a big one here. Yeah. Um, so that one. After you reveal your dial, you may spend one force to perform a barrel roll or. or Boost action. Then, if you perform an action you do not have any action bar, gain one strain token. If you do, you cannot perform another action during your activation. Um, just another, you know, pre-maneuver. Yeah, I mean, it's, card and, yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's interesting because it, it obviously follows the advanced sensor rules, um, as opposed to supernatural reflexes, which didn't, which is why it's so expensive now. <laughs> right. Um, so, but it just brings another price point, right? To be able to do, you know, yeah, some really crazy post maneuver or pre maneuver stuff, mm -hmm. um, arc dodge things. And for me, it's just you, you don't need necessarily more of those cards. Yeah, uh, it's just you don't need different price points to make it work. It's just just price the ones that already exist accordingly and call it a day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's one of those things that you're, you know, you're probably only going to see this on ships that that don't really have any sort of extra um, actions stuff going on. Like, you're not going to see this on Vader. I mean, maybe, but the, the, pro the problem is it basically just shuts down his ability. So, you know, kind of like, I mean, you might have it, but it's it's a lot. It's like 13 points is a lot to, for for something that you may use a couple times a game because you have to to get out of a uh, to get out of being blocked or something but <laughs> um so i don't know like like what ships you would see this on i kind of have a hard time seeing it on the jedis um well, especially because they live at the top of that pilot skill which is gonna make this expensive as all get out yeah so also, you you can use it with fine two controls right um no you can't use fine con fine tune controls with it right because that's, yeah, that's uh an action it's still an action so it shuts off your fine tunes and i mean it, you, you're you're actually what it does is it adds a flexibility and i know that you're paying a tax for it but you're doing fine tune controls before or after yeah except you don't get to take the second action though if you do it before yeah yeah uh, so that's where you're giving up on that 
Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's one of those things. I, it's going to be um, interesting to see what ships you would put this on. I think it's it's tough to it's it's just like well it's like I said with advanced sensors you don't really see advanced sensors show up on anything that has multiple action things like you could put advanced sensors on Vader but nobody does um, for the same reason that you won't put this on Vader so uh, this I, I mean I guess just lists that have just a lot of force users if you have uh, one ship with sense and then another ship with this and have this be the super uber blocker ship you know yeah. Uh, that could be something where it's just, you know, there's just no telling where that ship's going to end up with uh, all the maneuvering that you can do. Yep. Um, so, yeah, you'll, you'll see it around um, to some degree. I, it's it's kind of ship dependent. All right, moving on. Uh, contraband cybernetics, illicit, are now aerospace legal. Yeah. Should be good. Uh, good for SCOM. Kind of yes. Companies help. Companies help. Targeting computer. Three points. Targeting computer. Three. I'm gonna leave us with with points. scum needs help. This is a thing that'll help scum, and then we instantly move on to the next thing. But only because I'm not looking at the side of this uh, bottle that uh, I have absconded from Steve's fridge with. Uh huh. I didn't realize it was nine and a half. Oh, is it that high? Oh, it is. Oh, wow. I'm gonna go home now. Okay. <laughs> I will catch you guys on the flip side. Curtis, if you're still there, thank you for coming on, man. Great fucking yeah, playing no on Saturday, man. Uh, representing Florida like a mofo. Um, and Silent Bob, it's been fantabulous having you. You know, you really don't contribute much, you tubby son bitch. <laughs> I will see you all later. <laughs> later, Joe. <laughs> um, so, yeah, targeting computer. Um it's, uh, you know, this is another thing that they kind of said that they wanted to try to get away from with 2.0, which was coming out with upgrade cards that just added action things. And I know yeah. they had a few others already that were out there, but, um, you know, I don't know. It's uh, It'll be good on, I mean, uh, like the first thing you think of is throwing it on Sunter. Sunter, of course. Uh, <laughs> but being able to add target lock to a lot of different things is going to be... Um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, there's there's a there's a number of abilities out there that kind of count on target locks. Yeah, Phantoms, Phantoms come to mind. Ship. I mean, three points for that. It's yeah. super good. Yep. Um, it's frustrating a little bit. And like I said, it's just it's the... It's just that basis of like we're gonna redo this, mm -hmm. you know, this game, and this is how we're gonna do it, and th these are things are gonna change, and this is how we're gonna change this. We're gonna change all these things that were wrong in first edition, and it just they they're just starting to come out with just the same things that were issues. Uh, and I, I I hate to like be a Debbie Downer, but that's just you know what's next you know an engine upgrade that actually can be added you know a boost yeah. that can be added to any ship oh but it's okay we'll price it correctly it's just that it'll never be priced correctly yeah I, and that's i've i've talked about this multiple times and it's the, i feel like a broken record when i talk to my friends it was like you just you can just price it you know what i mean it's just it's not that's not it's not well, how you it works <laughs> you price yeah. it out of competition or something will eventually be able to break it. And, yeah. and that's, and that's unfortunately where these kind of abilities lie. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, 
it's certainly interesting, like I said, on Sunter or, um, or anything that, um, I mean, really, like you said, it's a, like phantoms and interceptors. Well, I mean, look, um, just like just just saying Sunter, for example, like you we've, we've seen this list now, basically Sunter Vader plus one. Yeah. For maybe three waves now. Yeah. And it has gotten better every single wave. You go, oh, here's passive sensors. You don't need a, 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 a bit anymore. And then I still don't think that's have, true, but yeah. I, well, yeah, but play style, you know, yeah, yeah. whatever, you yeah. know, some people just like to fill up their list for some reason, but in any case, you know, there, there is a, an argument that could be made for that. And then you have this and it's just like the list already has a substantial bit and they always did. And it really didn't get affected much by points update. So you could still have a substantial bit, but now you just, all right, I'll give up three bit. I definitely 100% would give up three bit points to give Suntir a target lock. Like, there's just no denying that. Yeah. So it's just like you're making the list better. Um, and you're well, not really, you're not bringing any consequence. A, a, a smaller bit is not really that big of a consequence yeah. if you're a good pilot. The, the interesting thing about it is that I think it kind of makes me want to, it, it makes me want to maybe build a fat, like a fat Suntir. Like, yeah. um, because once you throw a targeting computer on there, you're like, okay, so now I have this target lock action I can do something with. And then you're like, okay, well now that I'm like more offensive and I don't need predator anymore, uh, maybe I put outmaneuver on there outmaneuver, because I'm yeah. Sunter and I outmaneuver things all the time. Yep. And, you know, so the, so you start getting pretty pricey and then like once you add outmaneuver on there and you're like, okay, well now he's valuable. So now maybe I need to throw a shield upgrade on him too. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you just fill um, up all the slots. Yeah, so you end up like it's like I I kind of feel like with target with targeting computer if if you, if you use it it kind of feels like you're gonna want to throw a lot more stuff on them at that point. Um, you still don't have to though, and then the you don't have to. You could just do the targeting can... computer for one more point than the predator and just take the predator off completely, or maybe just put a crack shot uh, or marksmanship even. Not like not marksmanship's not terrible on him. No, at that no, point you're, you're aiming your bullseyes. Yeah, so. You're gonna end up getting them consistently, and yeah, crits are fucking dangerous. They're yeah, very dangerous in 2.0. So I mean, yeah, that's definitely work. You can work that out. Yeah. So well. you pay two more points than you would with Predator, um, for either a crack shot or a marksmanship and a targeting computer. Um, and uh, you could do. I think you could do pretty well with that. You know, you, you can adjust whatever you're flying. Like that. That and one ship is the is the is the sacrificial lamb you know that's the thing that just gets adjusted in order to keep your bid wherever you want to keep it you know so um because there's a ton of different options to play in that spot with those two so uh but yeah i think uh you know it's the first place i think of for it you know it's going to be good on it's it's interesting on the um phantoms too because you know a lot of people are running uh, already running passive sensors on them like we saw david kelly win uh gen uh not gen con uh nova with um echo with passive sensors right right and the uh but that's really just so that echo can have a target lock right so he doesn't necessarily care i mean it's it's nice to be able to take it in the engagement phase because you can because echo being a four you know you may need need a little bit of time to see what you're actually gonna have a shot at but the uh but or you could just put a target you could put the targeting computer on there for the same exact points 
and then that Rio that opens the that slot the sensor slot back up so that you can put um, fire control on there too so you know it makes them a little bit more expensive at that point but it also gives you a fire control system uh echo or whisper or phantom you know that seems pretty good so <laughs> um so yeah i don't know it's gonna, it's gonna open up a lot of different options for a lot of different stuff but um you know it, it will be interesting too because that you know it, it the mod slot was obviously just like a built-in like every ship has a mod slot in in first edition and now it's it's something that not every ship necessarily has so uh, we've already seen them take you know take it away from a couple of ships basically like the fang and the uh and the silencer so so i still don't understand why the fang doesn't have it but that's i don't understand why the silencer doesn't have it either really but <laughs> you know for whatever reason they were maybe they knew targeting computer like not targeting computer on the silencer that doesn't really matter but like i don't know i'm not really sure because both both of them it's like okay shield their hull upgrades but they're still eight points seven points for those so um i don't know who knows all right is there any anything else uh, in the last, very very last one snapshot snapshot it's back extra bonus attacks yeah unmodified this time but but still bonus attacks are nice yeah i forgot was it was snapshot a talent or a a talent slot or whatever the hell it was called back in 1.0 yes yeah yes it was so um yeah, it is kind of interesting because, you know, where you would... How much is this, how much is the snapshot? Uh, so it's dependent on the ship base. Ship uh, base. Seven size. for yeah. small, medium is eight, large is nine. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting that it's a talent, you know, because that essentially excludes it from a lot of the swarms. Um. Which is good because, you know, if you could throw that on six, seven, eight ships, that would be obnoxious. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the major, major swarms. But, I mean, obviously, you can still run um, a lot of the A-Wings uh, resistance yeah. or uh, Rebel uh, variety. Uh, there are also, you know, a lot of generics that have the... You know, just that the the pilot skill three or the pilot skill four versions that have the talent slots. Um, it just all depends on that the points efficiency. Um, I mean, I don't care, especially in two point um, and in swarmy type lists where there isn't sometimes a ton of efficiency. I think most for the most part you just roll and pray. Um, yeah, being able to get you know more shots off. Uh, it's just always going to be good. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it, it could make a splash. Just uh, finding the right home for it. We'll see yeah. uh, in the next couple of weeks. Yep. All right. Well, that wraps it up for this. Yeah, that's right? everything. Yeah. All right. We got any, uh, I guess, events-wise. Um, and then, obviously, Worlds. So I know uh, you and I are planning on going, Carlos, right? And uh, yep. Curtis, uh, you're not going to Worlds, right? Uh, no, I can't make it this year. So. Okay. Well, hopefully next year you can make it. Hopefully. But, uh, yeah, so we'll have, we got worlds coming up. That'll be fun. Good trip. Uh, Curtis, any, uh, shout outs you want to give before we close out the show? Uh, just thanks for you guys for, you know, 
having me on and sticking around and watching some games uh, at the trial, you know, late in the evening. And then yeah. the cool stuff guys that were there even later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I mean, it's it's one of those things that, you know, we've, uh, we've all, we've been there, you know, it's late at night. It's good to have some people around and I know you, I know you drove by yourself, so uh, we wanted to make sure that there were some people there for you, at least for, for as long as we could make it before we had to drive you know, the two and a half hours back home. So, (laughs) um, but no, it was great. It's great to see you, see you make a run. And, um, you know, it was cool having a, uh, uh, you know, the space coast Jack's, uh, you know, kind of rivalry there at the end. So, uh, not that it's a real rivalry, but it's, it's just, uh, we'd like to, we'd like to poke fun about it. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's a, at least uh, on the show, you know what I mean? Those, yeah. those are the main two uh, groups being represented here. Uh, proud of uh, Dennis for sure. And uh, in general, a big shout out to Eric, uh, one of our guys, local guys too, as well. Uh, yeah. He finished 10th overall. I think that's the uh, highest he's finished in a hyperspace trial. Um, he was flying some, some Republic jank uh, that he's been uh, tooling around with. Uh, so he really likes that list. And he beat Travis, uh, so that for me, on his own, was oh, that always makes success. me smile a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially me, because uh, it's uh, they're always going like, "Oh, Travis is here." It's like if if Carlos isn't here, nobody else can beat him. So like from our group, so it's yeah. like, "Now, guys, come on, you, you just got to believe." And you know, uh, glad he pulled it out. So and he did pretty well. So, yeah. And, uh, Obviously, also uh, David David Hoff is also a Space Coast guy. He finished uh, and uh, made the cut. And uh, Dennis, obviously, we had three uh, out of our group in the top ten. Um, so yeah. I was pretty proud of that. Um, just a good little community. We have uh, players. Um, they're all getting better, which is great to see. Yep, very good. So, all right, well, thanks to everybody. Uh, uh, I just want to, you know, I had a great time uh, at the tournament. Uh, it was, it was kind of like a, it was a weird, kind of a weird day for me uh, from a playing standpoint. But I, I had fun. I was, I was actually kind of really just going to have fun anyways. I, I don't know why. I just uh, driving down, I didn't, it didn't feel like a super competitive day for me. <laughs> so, you know, it was going to be kind of whatever it was going to be. But um, uh, I, uh, just thanks to everybody that I talked to in general. I mean, there's. Um, so many people, you know, that'll come up and, you know, talk to me about the podcast and stuff like that, which is really cool. So thank you to all those guys, uh, that, that, uh, came up and said hello. So, um, and we will see you around. So, all right. Well, you ready guys? Yep. yep. Dials down. Bottoms, Bottoms up. up.